Well, babe, you're officially a mom. And you're officially a dad. <laughs> so my wife, Angela, is definitely my favorite blogger and YouTuber extraordinaire. And she's a pretty amazing wife, I must add. And my guess is that a lot of you may have seen my husband, Matt, on TV or in the movies. Wyatt from Timeless, Liam from 90210, anyone? Chicago from Pitch Perfect 3. I mean, he's bringing the sexy. All right, all right. So if you guys didn't know, Angela and I created a podcast called Hello Bump to chronicle our journey as expecting first-time parents. We really just started it for something for us to look back on, but we ended up really loving our weekly chat. Yeah, so much so that we couldn't stop there. I mean, now is the fun part, right? Now is the payoff for the nine months of pregnancy. Now is where our life begins. We have a brand new beautiful baby girl and we are so in love. And we want you guys to come on this new journey with us of figuring out, frankly, how to raise this little thing. We know it's going to be tough at times, but we also know the rewards are great. We're going to be chatting week to week about the joys and the struggles of learning how to do this parenting thing. I'm pretty sure we're going to mess up a lot. But from every mistake comes a lesson that we can pass on to you. So join us in this wild ride as we undertake our newest challenge, parenthood. Hello, Hello baby. baby. <laughs> Hey, everybody. Welcome back to a brand new episode of Hello, Baby. I cut you off. <laughs> Podcast. <laughs> good job. Thanks. That's good. Mm -hmm. Well, um, we have so cleverly, I should say Angela, has so cleverly decided to name this episode the mother of all episodes. <laughs> Are you gonna do something like very Star Wars to your voice and and like while you're editing? I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, the reason is because we thought that we would talk a little bit about mothers. Uh, you know, in honor of Mother's Day this past weekend. How appropriate, right? I mean, it's Hello Baby podcast. It's all about kids and 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 moms and dads. We we gotta uh, honor thy mother. Don't you think? I guess that like really goes in line with what we're going to talk about today too. The way you just laid that out there. Yes, it does. <laughs> uh, but hey, real quickly, um, before we roll the intro and get started, how was your Mother's Day? Um, it was spent. The most of the day was spent at a car dealership. That's true. So, other than that, it was great, but. We I have, hate car shopping. We have an upcoming move, as if you guys have been listening or you follow us on social media, you know we're moving to Toronto for a while to uh, film a new project. Of course, Angela the baby coming with me. And um, there's a whole car situation with our car in Canada. Mm -hmm. We have a lease right now through a company... It's a Land Rover lease, mm -hmm. and supposedly we can't take that into the Canada without getting permission, and the permission was going to take a long time to get, and blah, 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 and crossing the border, and blah, blah, blah. Bottom Just line is- a whole is, debacle, honestly. Bottom line is we got another car mm -hmm. uh, to take to the East Coast with us, Yeah, and, and it, was, it was under a time constraint, and it, it got thrown at us at the last second, like mm -hmm. a few days ago. We had no idea we even needed a new car. It did, and so I have spent every waking hour, countless hours. It feels like researching cars, family decisions. I'm talking like, you know, cubic feet of storage space. You know, hey, we're parents now. We got to think about this stuff. Mm -hmm. Where's the stroller going to go? Where's mm -hmm. does the car seat fit? So I'm researching all of that stuff. Oh my gosh. And it wasn't expected. And come on. I mean, obviously we all know buying a car is a huge financial decision. So, and, and I don't take those decisions lightly. I get stressed about them, especially when I'm under the gun. Bottom line is we got the car. We did. We and love it. It's great. With I think minimal it's be, drama. I think it's going to be perfect for our needs and, uh, and we're good to go. And, uh, you know, I'm pretty sure we can cross the border. No problem. And keep it in Canada as long as we would like and bring it back to the U.S. as long as we like. It's ours. So we're going to do what we want with it. Take that border patrol. <laughs> did you ever watch that border patrol show with me, by the way? No. Well, a little bit. A little bit. We did. I, when, when, last it, time. It just, I think it, it kind of stressed me out. It was pretty easy going. Last time we lived in Canada, I was interested. And in like, how does this whole border thing work? They have a show 
can't remember where I saw it. it might be on Netflix or like, you know, A&E or something like that. And it's like a Canadian border patrol. And yeah. it's kind of like, kind of like a cops for the Canada U S border. It's <laughs> kind of cool. The majority of, of episodes seem to deal with either alcohol or drugs coming across the border. It felt like to me. Yeah. All kinds of stuff. You know, obviously we're not dealing with any of that. The most trouble we're going to get in is they're going to be like, are you trying to stay here for work? Mm -hmm. I'm going to be like, no, I'm not. Anyhow, that was a long digression. Got a car. We're good to go. Yes. So that was Angela's Mother's Day. But, you know, she got uh, she got a nice gift out of it, too. Got a nice Mother's Day gift. Mm -hmm. We had a, some flowers got delivered to here. And yeah, and you, you delivered flowers to my mom, which was so sweet. Yeah, had some chocolates mm -hmm. uh, and a card. You did good. Kenny signed it. She did. That was the cutest thing ever. Yeah. So that was Angela's day. Probably not the best Mother's Day out there. Unfortunately, it was a necessity. I feel more sorry for my mom's Mother's Day because she she had McKinley all day because we were trying to make these decisions. So. Yeah. Yeah. She's been a champ with the baby I as know. far as this past few days and probably over the next few days, too, as we continue to uh, count down here to the actual move. But um, nonetheless, you are appreciated, babe, even though your day was not... An amazing Mother's Day. It was Thank, good. Thanks for hanging in there. Thank you. Okay. Without further ado, I think we should roll this beautiful bean footage and get started. What do you think? Let's do it. Roll it. Springtime is here, and you know what time that is? It's time to spring clean. And where do I love to get my spring cleaning products from? Grove. I love Grove. I love Grove because they make getting healthy products for your home easy. It's They're accessible, they're affordable, and they're baby safe, family safe, they're you safe. You know, because when I'm cleaning, I don't want to sit there and inhale all these toxic scents and everything right. like that. I want to make sure that my home smells safe too. Does that make sense? I don't even no, know. No, it does not. <laughs> well, recently I purchased a ton of goodies from Grove because I, you know, I, it just makes it so easy to just click a button and I have a box full of all of my favorite things, especially Mrs. Myers. And my favorite scent is finally here. It's peony. I love peony it's scent. Your favorite spring. flower. Well, it's your mom's scent too. She always sends me a text yeah. and she's like, peony's in. So I love that. Get this exclusive Mrs. Myers offer from Grove before it runs out. So all you have to do is select your favorite spring scents, which are peony, lilac, and mint. And new customers will get a free cleaning set in these limited edition scents when you place your first order of $20. So you get a free Mrs. Myers spring hand soap, spring dish soap, spring multi-surface spray, Grove Collaborative spring cleaning caddy, and then a Grove Collaborative walnut scrubber sponge as well. Try Grove now before the exclusive spring offer runs out. For a limited time, our listeners get a three-piece cleaning set from Mrs. Meyer Spring Scents, a free 60-day VIP membership, and a surprise bonus gift just for you when you sign up and place an order of $20 or more. Check out Grove and our special offer at grove.co slash baby. That's grove.co slash baby. Grove.co slash baby. Alrighty, we're back. So, in honor of Mother's Day, Angela and I thought, clearly, we need to talk about mothers. Uh, and this is going to be a little bit of a different episode, I suppose. Um, what we thought we would do is actually talk about 10 of the most extraordinary mothers of the Bible. Mm -hmm. Now, we know there are extraordinary mothers all over the world, all throughout time. I'm sure you listening, uh, you probably are an extraordinary mother or you had an extraordinary mother. Uh, but, you know, we thought this was kind of cool. I mean, this is a very historic thing. Obviously, Angela and I are Christian. Um, and if, if you're Christian, obviously, all of this applies to you. And uh, even if you're not, I suppose that these stories still apply uh, it's I just still think they're interesting it's still history um I, I don't know maybe if you're if you're a doubter out there that's okay but uh you, you might 
have a hard time believing some of the things that have happened as to why they are listed as extraordinary mothers, but we just thought it was a cool way, a way to change it up. This is not meant to be a, uh, <laughs> a sermon. Mm -mm. Angela and I are not pastors. Nope. However, she did grow up in a Christian school and has a lot more, I, what I feel like, biblical knowledge, you know, like Old Testament knowledge than I do. Well, but, uh, I mean, it's truly because I went to Christian school from first to 12th grade, you know? Yeah. So I had to take Old Testament in high school. I had to take New Testament in high school. Like, and all of our curriculum had biblical stories intertwined in it. So you hear that jet going by? It's loud. We should close the windows, window. huh? I don't know, but that breeze feels so nice right now. So we're, we're not, <laughs> uh, we're not podcasting from an airport. Nope. We're actually at our house. Uh, anyhow, that's what today is going to be is talking a little bit about these women. Um, and, um, uh, before that, might I just, can I just go, can I just, I found this really interesting. Okay. You know, I do my, my, uh, current event stuff. Yes. This sort of falls in a, in a current event category, I suppose. Okay. On usatoday.com, there was a big happy Mother's Day thing. And uh, the headline really is why American moms are seriously struggling. Uh, the analysis says economic, cultural, and technological changes have piled on new pressures for moms. So there was a lot, a lot, this is a very long detailed article, a lot of really interesting stats here. And I kind of want to just go over some of this and talk about it. Okay. Uh, it just says American mothers are struggling. You know, uh, we celebrate moms who work to meet society's demands, uh, who overextend and fill in the gaps, who never cease to sacrifice for those they love. But is this the version of motherhood to revere? 1975, more than half of mothers stayed home with their kids. Today, both parents work in 70% of families with children. Childcare costs an average of $12,000 to $13,900 a year. Some cities, it's double that. I would have to assume in LA, it is probably almost double that. Mm -hmm. uh, dads are taking on more parenting responsibilities than ever, but surveys show it's still unequal in more than half of households, even with both parents work full time. Nearly half of grandparents live more than five hours from their grandkids. I believe that. I mean, obviously, that does apply to us. It does apply to us, but it never applied to me growing up. I was telling you that. What, what, what were you telling me? That all four or three of your grandparents were within five minutes of you? Mm -hmm. at, at one, So my, my, my dad's parents were divorced, but my grandma lived about less than five minute drive from us. And then my papa lived about five minute drive. And then mama, my mom's mom, she... You know, she moved so many times, but there were multiple times that she lived within a five minute drive. One for a while when I was in high school, she lived on our street. Did you know that? I, I think I did know that. Yeah, and she then, actually lived on our. But even growing up, um, when I said growing up, I mean, when I met you, even in your late teens and 20s, your grandma, mama, literally lived like two streets over. Walkable. Papa, Papa lived close to. Yeah. I mean, you were really lucky to have. And he, I mean, both of them helped. Re well, when I was really little, Mama lived with us. Yeah, you you were just really lucky to have that so close. Mm -hmm. When I was uh, very young, my my grandma lived uh, in the same town as us, uh, my mom's mom in Ohio. But I left when I was eight, uh, and then my my other grandparents they they lived. Um, uh, my grandpa was in Ohio. My my other grandpa and, and grandma were in South Georgia. I did not grow up with that. Yeah, so, that's all I knew growing up. Angela and I, we do apply to that category. We would love to change that. We would love our grandparents to live in the same city or town or near McKinley. We really, really are hoping to change that in the future. Mm -hmm. We'll see. Well, my mom is with us now. Yes. For, uh, it's kind of a temporary thing, sort of thing. Yeah. We're not sure yet. Well, we're, we're hoping. We're figuring it out. We're hoping. That it's permanent. But yeah, that it's permanent. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I meant. Yeah. Because it, it's just our lives changed significantly when she came out to help us. Yes. Okay. Moms in 2016 spent 14 hours a week outside work on child care, up from 10 hours a week in 1965. So work demands are getting uh, harder. 
Uh, social media is persuasive, this says. Research shows mothers who frequently compare themselves to others on social media feel more depressed, less competent, less positive. Well, that's not a mom thing. That's a, a human thing. It is a human thing, uh, but I do believe it's true. Of course, we've talked all about social media. We've talked about mom shaming comparisons, and mm -hmm. I think it's true. So this is just adding to uh, making it harder to be a mom yeah. nowadays. Yeah. Um, it says no wonder mom moms are stressed. Uh, people think motherhood is inherently overwhelming because we've made that idea seem natural. We normalize the hardships of motherhood. This is now what's familiar to us. But it's sort of saying that it shouldn't be. Oh, of course, there's all sorts of stats about paid leave and maternity leave. I really won't go into that because we did cover a lot of that. Mm -hmm. But basically this, uh, you know, in previous episodes, I mean. But basically, a lot of this is outlining how the U.S. stinks. Mm-hmm. At unpaid, uh, I'm sorry, paid leave and um, just maternity leave and, and of course paternity leave. There's just nothing. Just usually. protection for for parents in general. Yeah, uh, U.S. ranks near the bottom for spending on early childhood education and care. Estonia, Portugal, Japan, they're they're all above us. Denmark, France, Norway, Sweden. I mean, it's uh, there's just so many countries above us. Um, let's see. Dads are doing more, but moms still do the most. Despite dads spending more time on childcare than they did a half a century ago, 40% of moms being the breadwinner in their, and oh wow, 40% of moms being the breadwinner in their families, more than half of two-parent households with both parents work, say moms do more to manage day-to-day. -day. That's crazy. Yeah. I, I actually don't personally know a stay-at-home dad. I, I would really like to, like, experience that dynamic like how that works for a couple you know what i mean like i know a lot of stay-at-home moms but i don't know any stay-at-home dads yeah i don't know uh this is a really sad stat if it, if it isn't of course true um not what i'm about to say w women are paid less than men uh, we've kind of all heard that even in the same jobs Re but research shows the wage gap is worse for women with children that's terrible who face a steep what they're calling mommy tax. They're saying motherhood is tied to a 4% decrease in earnings per child, while fatherhood is tied to a 6% increase. That was according to a uh, 2014 study. That's, that's terrible. That's BS. That's what you were going to say. Mm -hmm. It is. It's true. Yeah. Uh, it takes a village. Where's mine? I think there's kind of pointing out that uh, nowadays we have less support from I guess, you know, others, family. friends, family, neighbors. Well, um, I mean, like when you think about it, like I, I read a lot of historical fiction and stuff like that. I love historical books. And they always talk about how the the moms were just surrounded by their moms and their mother-in-laws and the sisters and the cousins. And like, there's just so much help. And that's just not that that's just not the case anymore because women have to work. This is pointing out, uh, you know, the mom shaming thing and social media and how it's, it's, it's harder now. The comparisons yeah. to others, the social media, again, we've talked all about this, but they, they point out, you know, Kylie Jenner and, and Olivia Wilde for kissing her son on the lips and Chrissy Teigen for holding her, her daughter wrong. Uh, that, that moms uh, with social media now are under more scrutiny. Uh, let's see. It says. It's almost like it's, it's just people wanting to just constantly throw the blame. Like they want to see somebody else who is famous or whatever, doing something wrong and, and, and call them out to feel better about themselves. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, there's a fear due to the flood of health scares and negative news that comes through social media. Three and four parents say school shootings or, or possibility of one is significant stress, a source of stress. This was not true of the previous generations. I mean, we these are things as parents we all have to deal with now and and think about and figure out. Yeah. Uh, they're trying to nor normalize breastfeeding rallies. There's actually a picture here of a woman at a breastfeeding rally, and she's like, uh, got her. <laughs> she's got it. You know, of course she's breastfeeding, and the poor kid probably like doesn't want to breastfeed in the moment. Can you imagine that? She's like, I'm gonna rally. You have to do it. <laughs> and he's like, No, mom. I'm not hungry. Well, she's holding his head down. You can see that. You can <laughs> that, see by that picture. That's what I mean. Yeah. She's literally like holding his head. 
Like, get on there. Anyway, uh, uh, we can we can move on from this. Well, soon I, I, I wanted to bring up something. Actually, please, I go. saw yesterday. Um, I didn't get to spend a whole lot of time on the Internet yesterday being Mother's Day. But I did notice one thing that popped out to me and the Today Show. I actually follow them on on Facebook and they posted an article and I don't have it right now in front of me, but I just wanted to bring this up because I thought this was interesting. But they were talking about the um, how stay at home mom depression is a real thing. I never even heard of that term, Mm. but um, I thought that that was interesting because I can see that I can see that being hard on somebody because you feel secluded, you know, sure, and you feel like the only thing that you're (laughs) the only person you're talking to is a child who is like jibber jabbering at you all day and you know and and you just feel exhausted and you've probably you know don't see the outside of the four walls of your house if the weather's bad and stuff like that so i thought that that was really interesting because i didn't know that that was even something that that terminology you know but i can totally see it being a thing yeah absolutely i would agree i mean and and i i'd have to you'd have to think that you know uh early on when you have the baby and let's say you're in a situation where your husband works uh, and you are at home with the baby, your everything's changed. Your, your life has changed. Your daily life has changed. Your routines have changed. Of course, your responsibilities have changed. Um, and when they're little, little babies don't give much back in mm-hmm. terms of just like emotionally, they don't give much back to you. Right. I mean, they're like little slugs for a while. Yeah. I, I don't even know. I mean, it differs for everybody. Obviously, uh, you guys probably know, but you know, I don't know. First eight months of their life, it, there might not be a whole lot of give back. So what I'm getting at is that a new mother, new situation, new stresses, everything's changed. You're giving, 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 giving everything of yourself and you're not getting anything in return. Mm-hmm. It's got to be particularly hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, my, I know my sister went through and she had twins, twin boys, and she was at home by herself a lot. And I do remember her saying that, that, uh, it's tough because, you know, you, you just have to, you give, 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 give all of yourself mm-hmm. and uh, you're just not getting much reciprocation from the baby just in terms of, I mean, even physically at, at first, I mean, they don't even look at you at first cause they're still yeah. developing their eyes and just, you know, um, so it's, it's really, really tough. I will end this little segment here with one particular stat that I thought was really interesting. And so if you are, if you're, if, uh, if you're a stay-at-home mom, really, really, if you're a mom at all, <laughs> give yourself some credit because this, a new study says motherhood is the same. Well, let me just say, you know, how people say, oh, being a mom is a full-time job, right? Mm-hmm. Wrong. The study says being a mom is the same as working two and a half full-time jobs. I 100% believe that. I do too. You have to constantly be on your toes with so, little ones. So kudos to all you mothers out there. Kudos to the mother right in front of me here on the other microphone. <laughs> uh, you guys are all rock, or I should say you ladies are all rock stars. And um, we could not be more appreciative to have you amazing women here on this earth. Where would you be without us? Well, I wouldn't be here. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Okay. Shall we get into uh, talking about some of these women of the Bible? Yeah. Let's kick it off. Look, again, I just, I don't want to feel like I'm giving a sermon here. If, if, if you're not interested in hearing this, you know, go ahead and shut the podcast off. It's been nice having you and we'll <laughs> see you next week. <laughs> I just want to be sensitive to anyone who's like, this isn't a, you know. What is this? A Bible study? Are you playing your game on your phone? <laughs> Turn your phone around right now and let me see the screen. Do it. No, you just swiped up. <laughs> I am listening. I, I was not expecting you to want a response from me for that particular thing. Here's the thing. Everybody who listens to this podcast or follows us knows that we're Christians. They know that we believe we're not preachers. We're just talking about something that was interesting to us. That's all. We're just sharing. Can I go back to you playing this video game? I don't know what you're talking about. First of all, I feel like this podcast is about three quarters me and one quarter you. Mm -hmm. Do you listeners agree out there? Leave some comments. I talk way too much. I don't think that's the case at all. Uh, Second of all, 
Just last night, we had a marital about you playing the stinking game. Let me give you two examples that happened just yesterday, okay? I get it. It's Mother's Day. She can. It's her day. She can do what she wants. I just want to point this out. Number one, we're at the car dealership. We're purchasing a car. The finance officer is literally going through all of our options, our numbers, our things. You know, you, you have to sign like literally 18 signatures. He's talking to this well, stuff. More than that. And Angela's doing some, some signing stuff too. And she's playing freaking Tetris or whatever it is on her phone. Tetris. I don't play. Well, I like Tetris, but I'm not playing Tetris. In between signatures, she's playing an app, Mm -hmm. a Tetris game. And did I miss a beat on anything? No, you didn't. Right. But he, he called you out. Well, I called you out and then he got on board. Okay. But I never, I never miss anything. Like I'm always, I can be the person who's typing an email and watching a TV show and still have to explain to you what's going on in the TV show. Speaking of TV shows, example number two, last oh, night. Oh, here we go. Big Game of Thrones. It's the pre-finale. Well, actually, I'm glad I was doing something to take my mind off of that because I was I went to bed very anxious last well, night. Look, no spoilers for those who haven't seen it yet. Big Game of Thrones episode. It's the it's the episode before the finale of the entire series. Big, big battle scenes. I'm engrossed. You know, we got the fireplace on, we've got the couch up. Uh, we, we got our blankets out, we've got the couch pushed together. We made a little pallet for ourselves. Uh, you know, it's it's kind of nice, romantic, maybe, if you will, if Game of Thrones watching can be romantic in any way, possibly. Probably not when you're seeing heads fly. Well, probably, but we were, you know, cozied up on the couch. Right. Deep into this, the battle has begun. You know, Daenerys, Targaryen, Khaleesi's flying her dragon around. I look over, Angel's playing Tetris. I'm like, what the actual F are you doing? Wow, that was intense. I said F. I think you're being like a little bit too dramatic here. And you're still playing your game. I am not. Oh, oh, excuse me. Now you're scrolling social media. My wife has has social media and phone problems. You have phone addiction problems. We're going to do a whole episode on that. Oh, boy. Anyway, we need a counselor, a counseling session before we take off. You do. <laughs> okay, moving on. Having McKinley was pretty much the most amazing thing we've ever done, but having to take her out shopping, uh, not quite so amazing. Babe, you had a little experience with this lately? Ugh. Yes. The last time I took her shopping, she had a meltdown in the middle of the store. It was awful. <laughs> well, you weren't there to experience it, so it's funny to you. Well, that's what happens with kids and you take them out. That's why we are thrilled to tell you about a new sponsor of today's podcast, Rockets of Awesome. It's going to make you fall in love with shopping for clothes for your kids and with them too, you can do it online. Their amazing quality of clothing delivers consistent value uh, and quality. It's on trend, stylish, affordable prices, one-of-a-kind items. It's super soft. Some of them are glow-in-the-dark, reflective, mm. sequins. Your kids are going to love it. They're the cutest designs. Like, so unique, so fun. Yeah. Uh, and just the experience is kind of fun that you can get online with your kid and pick out clothing. Of course, McKinley's a little young for that. But we are excited when she does get to that age because they can get on and look and see what they want. And you know what you're going to get? They're going to like. And it's for boys and girls, sizes 3 to 12. Yeah. And the customer service is awesome, too. Um, it just makes shopping easy and fun. I actually, I wanted to show you something real quick here, Angela, on the Rockets of Awesome website. Uh, I wanted to show you these goggles they have for summer. They've got so <laughs> much. so fun. Butterfly goggles. Uh, there, was a, there was a boys one, and it had spikes all over it. And I sort of almost maybe want it for myself <laughs> they have sprinkle sprinkles goggles for girls there so they fun. Are. monster yeah. goggles yeah <laughs> anyway uh, you can go in there and shop for uh you know if you're going on like summer vacation to the beach or camp they got all these clothes for your kids um you guys are absolutely gonna love it thanks to rockets of awesome what used to be a painful going to the store changing room tantrums long checkout lines can now be simple fun and delightfully stylish experience for you and your kids. Check out the latest styles at rocketsofawesome.com and use my promo code BABY for 15% off your first purchase today. That's rocketsofawesome.com, promo code BABY for 15% off your first order. rocketsofawesome.com, promo code BABY. Let's talk 
Guide to the Top 10 Most Extraordinary Mothers of the Bible. Do you want to read these? You know, because again, I feel like I'm just talking way too much No, here. because you, you're familiar with it. I want to chime in. Okay, fine. Chime in. I got this article. This is not my own research. It's not my biblical research. This is an article from Crosswalk.com. It's a pretty popular Christian website. They do a lot of devotionals, a lot of things, a lot of... That's who I get my daily de- devotionals through, yeah, Crosswalk. Yeah. I love Super that. Super educational Christian website, if you never heard of it. Let's just start. Again, we got 10 here. Let's start in the beginning. <laughs> Number one, Sarah, the mother who waited. Now, I'm not sure if I'm going to go through and read exactly what they wrote or... Maybe some of them I will. Sarah was the wife of Abraham. Right. Uh, God tells Abraham to look at the stars in the sky, for that would be the number of his offspring. Abraham and Sarah waited 15 years before God renewed his promise, and 10 more years before the promise was fulfilled, and Sarah bore a son, Isaac. Now, this doesn't say, but Angela, do you know how old Sarah was? Because Sarah was exceptionally old. Wasn't she in her 90s? It was something like that. I think it was 90s. I'm if, pretty if, sure. If you and, guys are not Bible followers, you don't know the stories. People in the Bible in these old, Old Testament times, I mean, they lived a long, long time. I think that they're leaving out a very uh, important part of the story. Do you remember that she had him sleep with her maidservant? Well, that's, that's coming. Oh, up. sorry. Yes. Uh, but uh, she was childless. Uh, her name was, I think her name was Sarai. And it then was God, Sarai. God renamed her. To Sarah. To Sarah. It was just like Abram was then changed to Abraham. Yes. So, um, you know, they were, they were, they were laughing at the idea. Sarah was laughing at the idea, and, but, uh, but kept faithful and God fulfilled his promise. And so that is why she has been. Uh, brought up as extraordinary mother because she waited and waited and waited and kept faithful and and God delivered a son. Uh, Isaac would go on to continue the legacy of his father, Abraham. Okay, number two. So Sarah was 90 or 91 when Isaac was born and she died at the age of 127. Um, But she was 90 when Isaac was conceived. Wow. Yeah. Can you imagine? Do you think or do you know, because I don't, I have to assume we aged much, much, much slower back then. I mean, because what was Moses, like 900 or something? No, that was Methuselah. So, um, I, I mean, remember at a, how old at was. 10 years old, you know, we're looking pretty decrepit. We're moving pretty slow nowadays. <laughs> so, I mean, I, this I woman's just, having babies at 90. I mean, this is under the old covenant. I think things were right. just different, you know? Well, right. I mean, clearly. Uh, I wanted to see how old Abraham was when he had Isaac, too. Um, oh, he was, yeah. I'm having a hard time narrowing that down, though. It's not something that's like... Oh, that's fine. I think 99. I think he was around 99. Was he? No, he was 100. He was 100 when Isaac was born, is what I'm seeing in one place, so... Yeah. You get the general idea, people. 100 they is... Were, uh, they were old as dirt, both good, of them. Good as time as ever to become a father. I mean, we were, <laughs> we were just knocking on... Uh, Richard Gere, wasn't it, for being like 70 or something or 75 and having a kid? Yeah, but life expectancies are much shorter now. So it's a, it's a very big difference, distinct difference. <laughs> right. Uh, moving on to number two. Is this, it's Hagar, right? The, the maidservant? <coughs> Excuse me. Yeah. Yes. Hagar was an Egyptian slave and maidservant to Sarah, mm-hmm. the wife of Abraham. She didn't have much to say about anything, especially not in becoming Abraham's wife. Mm-hmm. because Sarah couldn't have kids. She wasn't his wife. She was his concubine. Wasn't she? Uh, they didn't officially get married, I oh, don't believe. Oh, did they not? Well, it says... I don't think so. Well, it says, though her status changed, she was still secondary to Sarah. I think she was his concubine. Well, I don't know. They, I don't know if they actually got married or not. I don't believe so. Uh, isn't that wild, the idea of a concubine? I would kill you. Angela has told me... I shouldn't even say this. This is going to make you look really bad to people. <laughs> Angela has told me that if she dies, I know what you're gonna say. She's told me that if she dies, I have to die too. Uh-huh. Or if I don't, I you better I, dig too. I I am not to get remarried <laughs> and be happy. She does not want me to be happy. I and just get remarried. said that if I die, I want you to get in the casket with me. That's all. <laughs> Excuse me, uh, I'm getting a phone call, and it's not from my mother, so I'm gonna I'm gonna let that one go. If it was, I'd have to answer it because you know Mother's Day. 
Okay, so uh, I, by the way, guys, I'm only being partially serious with with those statements. I don't want to get any hate mail. I think partially is a key word here. We <laughs> we need to have a big big talk about this because if if something were God forbid to happen, and the last thing you told me is that you do not want me to get remarried, I don't. I'm I'm gonna struggle with this. I don't know. What I think to do. I'm gonna just really need to have some say in who you remarry. That's gonna be tough. Because I, I don't want just anyone raising my daughter. I'm going to have to buy a Ouija board and you're going to have to communicate with us. You know, I'll figure it out. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to leave very distinct instructions for you that she needs to be this height. What? This age. <laughs> is she? Can she be pretty? Perhaps. I have to think about you, that. You like don't want her to be pretty because you don't want to be her. You don't want to be me to be like more attracted to her than I was to you. Oh, that would that would like hurt, man. <laughs> It's got to be really. Would you like that? Would you like if I if you died and I married somebody and I was more attracted to my second husband than you? I mean, I don't know. I'd be in heaven. I don't even know if I'd know about it. Wouldn't that be awful? I have a really, really tough time with the whole like, who are we going to see in heaven kind of a deal? Well, they say marriage doesn't exist in heaven, which I just don't believe that. It's I just I can't get it. Look, I don't want to get off topic here too much. This is a big discussion that we could have about that. But like. I don't get it. Like, you know, do you see the people you love? Like, are you going to be there? I 100% believe that you see the people that you love. I, I believe that you're going to be with the be with the people that you love. So what happens if you have two husbands, three husbands, three wives? You know, what if one passed away? You love them dearly and you love your next one very dearly. That's something that God's going to just have to situate for you. He's Sounds gonna, like a domestic he's issue. Gonna, he's going to sort it out. Yeah, you're going to go to court and he's going to, like, God's going to be the judge and he's going to tell you what to do. Get up there and he's going to be like, all right, this is clearly a sticky situation Speaking here. Speaking of heaven, can we just talk about that Doris Day died today? And that really is like bothering me. She's a mom. Yeah, Angela was legitimately upset this morning. She came down and said, did you hear the news? So sad. I Doris love her Day movie died. so much. Yeah, she's an icon. I really wanted to meet her. Yeah. I really did. Well, anyway. you will one day. I hope so. <laughs> yep. Okay. Um, let's see. I, oh, we're still talking about Hagar here. Okay. That sounds uh, like a very Game of Thrones name. Yeah, it does. Let's see. Uh, after receiving mistreatment from Sarah, Hagar fled toward her homeland. She met the angel of the Lord who told her to return. He sounded like Charlie Brown just then. The angel of the Lord. He's very, like, mouthy. <laughs> when, and when the angel of the Lord. That was Linus, wasn't it? Yeah, Linus. Christmas episode. He also promised her numerous descendants through her son, who she named Ishmael. Later, Hagar and her son Ishmael were sent away into the desert where she believed they would both die, but God is faithful and showed her. God was with the boy as he grew up. He lived in the desert and became an archer. Hagar thought she would escape her misery, but God called her return to return to it. She obeyed and he blessed her and her son just as he promised he would. So again, faithful to God and she was blessed because of it. So she's listed. Three, Rebecca, the mother who deceived. That's horrible. What? The story of Rebecca. Do you tell tell in your own words here. Well, it's Rebecca and Leah, the sisters, right? Yeah. Is that is that the numbers? Do they go Leah and Rebecca? Uh, well, I'm sorry, it's Leah and Rachel. Leah and Rachel is next. I'm getting Rachel and Rebecca mixed okay. up. Sorry, go ahead with Rebecca. Uh, Rebecca was. Mother to Esau. Yes. So Rebecca was Isaac's wife. Yes. Jacob and Esau's mother. And she. They had the two sons. They had the two sons. Isaac was blind and she deceived Isaac into giving the birthright to Jacob because they were twins, Jacob and Esau. And they were, according to the Bible, they, they were um, competitive from birth that Esau was born first, but Jacob came out by holding his foot. And of course, back then, probably even more so than now, firstborn meant everything. They got the birthright. I mean, firstborn got everything. Yes. Uh, after that, they nothing. Yeah. And it didn't matter that they were twins. Whoever was born first got the birthright. And so uh, Rebecca, because Isaac was blind, she had Jacob put on like woolly lamb skin or like whatever so that when Jacob touched his arm or I'm sorry Isaac Isaac touched Jacob's arms he felt the hairiness that which felt like and Esau yes and um gosh yeah. those planes are so loud today sorry guys um 
And so she just tricked him and Jacob got the birthright and then he took off out of town so that Esau wouldn't kill him, basically. And then from there came Jacob's ladder. But it was it was God's promise. Um, I think God, uh, my son, let the curse fall on me. Do what I say. Go and get them for me. So, but God told her to do this, correct? Am I, am I right about that? That is something that I'm not aware of. And if so, I'm just forgetting that. Well, it says Rebecca. Yeah, I remember. I haven't, I haven't like studied in depth Old Testament since high school. Yeah. I mean, I, I obviously I, in church and stuff, but not like in depth, in depth. Rebecca risked deception to follow God's promise and his plan unfolded exactly huh. as he told her. Later, I don't remember it that way, but. Later, her son Jacob would wrestle with God and be given a new name, Israel. Mm-hmm. Okay. Which was the nation of Israel was named after. Number four, now is your Leah and Rachel. Mm, That's a terrible story. So. uh, It's because I really feel for Leah. So Jacob went and worked for, um, what was their father's name? I want to say Lot. It's not Lot. Laban. Laban. He worked for Laban. He worked for seven years to have. To, to marry Rachel because he was in love with her. He thought she was absolutely stunning. And Laban made him work for it for seven, seven years. Seven years and put her under like intense veils like so he couldn't see who he was marrying. Married her, slept with her that night, woke up the next morning and it was Leah, the uglier sister. The father had tricked him. Yes. Into marrying the uglier sister. Yes. And I don't really know how you could go through the process of having sex with someone and not see their face at any point. And there, I would think that there would be differences in their stature or something. There would have to be something, unless he got him really drunk. Maybe he was drunk. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, all sorts of positions, I suppose. But I mean, like, <laughs> at any point walking into the room, you don't see who your new wife is? Well, maybe they weren't completely naked, nude. Something's just Maybe really it was dark. It was that a dark story has always just like really perplexed me. It was a dark and stormy night. There was he, no if stars. If he thought she no was moon. so beautiful and he was he was just getting to marry her for the first time, you don't think he wants to look into her face and and like talk to her and like. You know, like, it's well, just, maybe that just wasn't part of it. I, I don't know. I don't know. Like, all of it's just weird to me. Anyways, he woke up the next morning, was furious with Laban. Laban said, well, you all, you know, like, it is what it is. Work seven more years and then you can have Rachel. And so he did. But it's always broken my heart for Leah. All Whenever I read that story, because can you imagine how that feels to have to have your father trick someone to marry you? And she was truly in love with him when you when you read like what she named her sons, like when they the um, the names when they're they're um, interpreted into modern day English. They're really sad names, like names that mean things like maybe maybe with this child, he will love me or something like that. Like it was it was she had a lot of children with him, but then she he had his favorite child, Joseph, with Rachel and Rachel bore Jacob. I'm sorry. Two, Jacob. No, no. Rachel bore Jacob. Two sons, yeah. Joseph and Benjamin. Yeah, but Joseph was his favorite. Now Joseph was a Technicolor Dreamcoat, or <laughs> yes, yeah. but Benjamin was the the youngest. Um, so God bless both Leah and Rachel with children. Continue continuing His covenant. I mean, he had tons Abraham. of kids with Leah, though. Leah and Rachel's sons would go on to form the twelve tribes of Israel. And can we talk about how awkward it is to share a husband with your sister? Like, I know that the whole sister wives thing is a, is a thing, like the TV show I've seen most episodes, but to actually be sister wives with your sister. Well, yeah. But That's like literally spending your entire life with your sister from birth until death. Sister, sisters. sisters. <laughs> What's the rest of it? Anyone who comes between? No, wait. That's, Yeah. No, that's the part I always sing. <laughs> We're singing White Christmas. Lord, help, help the mister who comes, comes between, between me and my sister. sister. And Lord, help the, the mister the sister no. who, who comes, comes between, between me and my man. man. That one, yeah. <laughs> uh, classic. Every Christmas time, we got to watch it. Okay. Moving on. I'm, I'm like, I'm doing the Reader's Digest here of all these stories for well, we you. Got, we got 10. We're on five. So we need to giddy up here. Okay. What's this one? Jacobed or Yacobed? Yocobed. 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 The mother with a plan. Um, okay, this is Moses' mama. Yeah. Moses' mom. Let's just get straight to it. Um, let's see. Uh, she, the, she did the ultimate sacrifice is what she did. The, 
the the pharaoh let's see the pharaoh decreed that all of the firstborn males had to be, be slaughtered slaughtered in egypt he was fearing that the hebrews were going to outnumber the egyptians uh so he made them slaves he commanded hebrew midwives to kill hebrew baby boys when they as were born. they were born yes. yes but didn't listen uh pharaoh gave another decree in exodus number one uh, every Hebrew boy that is born, you must throw into the Nile, but let every girl live. So uh, Yochebed gave birth to a son, hid him for three months. And after she couldn't hide him for any longer, she coated a papyrus basket with tar and pitch, placed the baby in it, then sent it to the reeds along the bank of the Nile. Mm -hmm. uh, Yochebed's daughter, Miriam, so his sister, watched to see what would happen as Pharaoh's daughter went down to bathe. Pharaoh's mm -hmm. daughter saw the basket. Her servants retrieved it for her. Inside, she found the baby boy crying. And knowing he was a Hebrew child, she felt sorry for him. Miriam, who again was Moses' real sister here, mm -hmm. spoke up and asked if she would like her to fetch the he a Hebrew woman to nurse the baby for uh, Pharaoh's daughter. Mm -hmm. Pharaoh's daughter paid Yochebed to nurse and raise the baby. So mm -hmm. it was actually his real mom. Was mm -hmm. uh, unbeknownst to Pharaoh and Pharaoh's daughter, it was yeah. his real mom they, that was they paid to nurse him. a quick one on them. Uh huh. Um, Very smart. But Pharaoh's daughter adopted him and named him Moses. Mm -hmm. So God blessed her plan because Jochebed was determined to find a way to save her son. Uh, not only was her son saved from death, she was able to nurse and raise him until he was old enough to live with Pharaoh's daughter. Her son Moses went on to free the Hebrew people from Egypt, leading them into the desert toward the promised land. Obviously, Moses is a big, big Bible character. Samson's mother, number six, the mother who followed rules. Now, this is another one where she was uh, told she was barren and going to be childless, but an angel of the Lord appeared to her and said, you're going to become pregnant, give birth to a son, see to it. You drink no wine or other fermented drinks. You don't eat anything unclean. You will become pregnant and have a son whose head is to never be touched by a razor. And that he is going to deliver Israel from the hands of the Philistines mm -hmm. or Philistines. Uh, Samson is a story where uh, in the Bible, extremely, extremely strong with the Lord's power, physically strong. Most people know it as Samson and Delilah. And um, yeah, and Delilah betrayed him, right? Yes. Yeah. Well, and she was the enemy she was from the, the very beginning and uh samson's power was in his hair and told not to take the razor to his hair um so let's see uh samson's mother knew there was something special about the angel of the lord but when her husband found out he was afraid saying that they would die for having seen the face of god but she said she was the voice of reason saying the angel of the lord would not have told us these things he would not have told us these things if he were going to kill us God, God would not kill us if uh, he wouldn't have told us this if he was going to kill us. Mm -hmm. So she um, gave birth to the baby, Samson. Lord blessed him. Says, although some of his actions were questionable, the Lord used him mightily in his plan to defeat the Philistines. Um, okay, number seven, Naomi, the mother-in-law who shared her faith. Do you, do you know this story? Yes, Naomi and Ruth. Remember, we talked about this before we actually started recording. Um, Naomi was the mother-in-law of Ruth. Ruth was married to her son. She also had another, uh, uh, another, another son and daughter-in-law. No, no, another daughter named Orpah, who or I keep reading it as her, Oprah. It's daughter-in-law, Orpah. <laughs> I'm like, Oprah? So Naomi's husband and both sons were killed, leaving, both, leaving Naomi alone with her daughter-in-laws. She told them to return to their homelands, and um, Orpah did, but Na uh, Ruth said, no, you know, where you go, I'll go. Your people will be my people. That's that famous biblical line that you hear so much in It reminds me of ceremonies. Gilmore Girls. Where, Where you, you go, go I yeah. will follow. Yeah. So um, basically, Ruth declared Naomi's God, which is our God, as her God. And, um, you know, just stayed with her. And then she eventually ended up meeting Boaz, falling in love with him, marrying him and having a child with him. Maybe multiple. Um, because that's a very... That's a very Christian thing to say in, in the in the uh, Christian world. I'm gonna find my Boaz. I've, I've heard that a lot from girls. Do you think in that in that tone in that accent? Yeah, exactly like that. I'm gonna find my Boaz. Yeah, just like that. 
<laughs> but that's it's actually a very inspiring story. My personal favorite story in the Bible about a woman is Queen Esther, which that's not going to be in here because I don't know that we actually know that she had children. I don't think that that's mentioned. Right, right, right. Okay, so you mentioned Hannah. Hannah, didn't you? No. Oh, okay, sorry. Number eight, Hannah, the mother who kept her promise. Uh, so Samuel's mother. Uh, Samuel 1, we learned the Lord had closed Hannah's womb. Let's see. The wife provoked, a uh, rival wife provoked Hannah continually. Oh, Hannah was married to a man who loved her very much, but also he had another wife. And this wife was able to bear children, but the Lord had closed Hannah's womb. So the wife provoked Hannah continually. But Hannah wouldn't go to the house of the Lord to pray. Her husband tried to console her, saying, uh, Don't I mean more to you than ten sons? Hannah prayed to the Lord and wept bitterly. She's made a vow, saying, Lord Almighty, if you only look on your servant's misery and remember me, not forget your servant, but give her a son, I will give him to the Lord for all the days of his life. No razor will ever be used on his head. This common theme, no razor. In fact, she was praying so hard that her lips were moving, but no sound came out. And the priest Eli thought she was drunk. So, yes, she gave birth to a son named Samuel. I'm reading ahead here, reading ahead here. <laughs> Samuel lived a life dedicated to the Lord. So here's where it gets interesting. He would go on to lead the people of Israel, anointing Israel's first and second kings, Saul and David. And David is a huge figure. And what does that lean, lead to? It's the lineage of Jesus. Bingo. <laughs> All Anyways. right. Uh, number nine, Elizabeth, the mother who believed in miracles. Yes. Elizabeth was John the Baptist's mother, which Elizabeth and Mary, Jesus's mother, were cousins and they were pregnant at the same time. It says when Mary, the mother of Jesus, came to visit her cousin Elizabeth, the baby leapt in Elizabeth's womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. She took great joy in Mary's pregnancy mm -hmm. and blessing from the Lord. Mm -hmm. And when it came time for Elizabeth to give birth, she named her son John. Neighbors went to confirm this with Zachariah, the, uh, her husband, wrote the same name, and his mouth was opened. Everyone wondered at what the child would be since his birth was miraculous, a miraculous birth. I didn't realize that, that John the Baptist's mom, or John the Baptist, was also a miraculous birth. Well, she was She was very, she was up there in age, too, Elizabeth was. Oh, was she? Yeah, I can't remember how old I, she was. I didn't realize, but they're considering it also a miraculous birth. And John... I, and I don't know how what the age difference was between her and Mary, because Mary was very young. Mm -hmm. um, it says, of course, uh, John the Baptist, as you all know, is a, another huge figure. He would go on to baptize people from their sins with water, which is where baptism obviously comes from. And of course, John the Baptist actually baptized Jesus himself. Uh, so John the Baptist prepared the way for Jesus. Are you looking something up? Yeah, I was trying on? to find out how old Elizabeth was. No, no, not that at all. I just wanted to see how old Elizabeth was um, when she gave birth to John, to John the Baptist. Um, so one source is saying online that she was 88. Okay. Which that's crazy that she's cousins with Mary then, who's like, wasn't young. Mary like 15? I, I do think she was young. Very, very young. So let's uh, go ahead and talk about number 10. One of the most iconic mother in the Bible, of course, Mary. Wow. Some people are saying that Mary could have been between 12 and 14 years old. Wow. That's wild. I mean, wild, what, wild, what wild. child? I, mean, I know that God's plan's perfect, but like what child is ready to have a child between 12 and 14 years old? Yeah. I mean, I. Wow. Clearly things were different back then. And then other, other things are saying that she was 14 or 15. So uh, it's not I mean, clear. Still. Oh. That's that's it's just crazy. It's crazy to think about it. So how old was Joseph then? I don't know. I think he was older, wasn't he? Anyway, okay, Mary. Some people are saying that Joseph was 90 when he married Mary. Oh, I've not heard of that. I was thinking he was like 20s or 30s. I, I'm going to need to do some research here. Yeah, this is opening up a whole new can of worms. Well, Mary, the mother who is blessed among women is Mary, a virgin pledged to a man named Joseph, was visited also by the angel Gabriel. The angel of the Lord. <laughs> Don't be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great. 
and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. So, of course, Mary was like, how is this possible? Holy Spirit will come on. The angel said, the Holy Spirit will come on to you. Power of the Most High will overshadow you, so the Holy One will be born, and he will be called the Son of God. Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child that you will bear. So Mary believed that God would fulfill his promise. Of course, Mary did give birth to Jesus. Okay, so I'm doing some research here, and there's like conflicting stories. They're saying that they think Joseph was around 17. Other people are saying that they think he was elderly. Hmm. But I think that they're, the general consensus is that he was around 17 or 18. That makes me feel a whole lot better. Mary treasured up to many things in her life, in her, I'm sorry, in her heart as she raised Jesus, but she also had to endure the greatest sacrifice of all time. She had to watch her son be suffered and tortured and mocked and die a cruel death on a cross by crucifixion. Uh, you know, the Bible tells us that Mary was right there. Uh, also, Mary Magdalene was there uh, watching everything. So now that we've named off our 10, what if, if I kind of on topic, kind of not, if you had to tell me right now what your favorite Bible story would be, what would it be? Oh, I don't know. Don't put me in the spot like that. I'll tell you mine. Okay. And it's not, it's not any, anybody's, what anybody's expecting, but okay. I really like the story of Gomer and Hosea. Gomer no, Hosea and Gomer, because it relates to redeeming love. And I, it just is like so mind blowing to me. I mean, honestly, the Bible has some of the, like, if you ever want to, to like read a book and have your mind blown over and over and over again by the wackiness and the weirdness, there's some crazy stories in the Bible that people just don't even realize. I mean, think about it. Truly, you have a man swallowed alive by a whale. He lives in the whale's belly until the whale vomits him up. Was it nine days later? I can't remember how many days. You have a man who lives through a lion's den. You have three men who live through a fiery furnace, like the, the amount of things that happen in the Bible that are just like so impossible. But yet these people live to tell these stories and give historical, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Accounts of, of what happened or other people did on their account, on their behalf. It's just crazy to me. So Gomer and Hosea probably my favorite story because of redeeming love if you guys haven't read that book it's just like the best book ever and um <laughs> matt makes fun of it all the time even though you do like you do like the story oh, the, book, the book was good there was it was it was the the reading of the book <laughs> part partly that and partly look without getting into like a review of the book it just seems so impossible for uh but it is a retelling of the this bible story yeah it really did happen and basically in the book, or I'm sorry, in, in this Bible story, Hosea was told by God to marry the prostitute Gomer, and he did. And Gomer kept leaving him over and over and over again to go back to prostitution and over and over and over again. I don't remember how many times it was. I think it was like two or three times. God told him to go back and get her and pull her up, bring her back home with him. And marry her. And I mean, that's like a disgrace. No, she was married to him and she would leave him because she missed prostitution. Right, to go prostitute. So God would say, go get her back and bring her home. So he would. He he was faithful to God. Mm -hmm. And I just, I don't know. I, I, I like that story because it's just such a, um, to me, I view it as a word picture of God pursuing us because how many times have we uh, as humans turned our back on him and, and God still comes after us and still loves us and still wants us. And still, even we, whatever we do, he still looks at us blameless and, you know, I don't know. I just think that that's just a really cool way to look at the way that God loves us. Yeah. All right. Um, you really don't have a favorite Bible story? Uh, babe, I was going to move on here. Okay, go ahead. Um, I, I, but I, yeah, I mean, gosh, there's just, I don't know. There's so, so many. Um, I don't think anything would be complete with a uh, Mother's Day episode without um, thanking our own mothers and, and mentioning them and how amazing they are. Yep. My mom, Jana, she's amazing. My mama, Laura. Yep. She's she's upstairs right now. <laughs> yep. My... Helping us get our lives together. Yep. Um, so we are forever, eternally, amazing, gra- 
amazingly grateful. <laughs> Eternally grateful. <laughs> to everything our moms have done for us. I mean, yeah. And uh, uh, my mom's obviously a, a pillar in my life and raising me and who I am. And I know the same goes for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, we love our moms very much. Mm-hmm. And obviously, uh, we wouldn't be who we are. Yeah. Without them. And then obviously, we have to thank you for being the amazing mom you are. Me? Yeah, you. So I thank myself? No, I'll thank you. <laughs> Just for being amazing and, and, you know, with everything you've been going through the last few months and, and just staying strong and keeping on the course and loving McKinley and, and being an amazing mother and a wife through everything. Thanks, babe. Yeah. You deserve a day of not car buying. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I got my, I got my gift. I'm happy. Yeah. But you need a day of relaxation and fun. Uh, probably not going to happen anytime in the next four or five days, to be honest, but we're, we will do it and, uh, we'll find a little, a little mother's fun day somewhere. Yeah. So, but for now I got to go do a photo shoot. <laughs> yeah, you do. Hey, we love all you mamas out there and you guys are just awesome and keep on doing what you're doing. And, um, and, uh, thanks for listening to the mother's day episode. And, uh, you know, I hope it was okay with you guys listening to some of these stories. We thought it was kind of cool. Yeah. Um, come on back next week. We'll have some new stuff and follow us at Matt Lanter at Angel Lanter. Check out the podcast Instagram at Hello Baby Podcast on Instagram. Hey, call us on our voicemail um, 323-544-3051. Drop us a message and we might put it on the podcast. We love, excuse me, doing that. So uh, I think that's about it. That's it. All right, guys, we will be back next week with a brand new episode of Hello Baby Podcast. Podcast, not podcast. <laughs> That's a whole different thing. Bodycast. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>